This is Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Hello and welcome to the Lunch with Lloyd podcast. Without Lloyd, I'm Katie Overy in for Mark all of this week. On today's podcast, we got very artsy. We speak to the people at the Jamil Arts Centre and Made in Tashkil about their new exhibitions. We caught up with Kareem from Kids App, giving us all the things that you need to keep your children entertained for the rest of the school holidays. And local rapper Pavan gave us a sneak preview of his brand new single. And don't forget that Lunch with Lloyd is live on Dubai Eye 103.8 every weekday from 11. This is Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Good morning, I'm Katie and Poonam is with me as well. Mark Lloyd is on holiday for another week or so, but he is the hardest working man in radio, so I think he deserves a holiday. He does indeed. I don't think he's gone anywhere though, has he? No, he's listening to us right now, making sure we don't don't. screw up the show. I don't want Mark to listen. (laughs) It's so nerve-wracking. He is like, the god of all gods of radio. He's so smooth. He is so smooth, isn't he? Right, let's get back to the show. Mark, if you are listening, I hope we're doing you very, very proud. Now, we did say earlier on today that today's show is going to be very arty, very cultural, and I'm really pleased to welcome our next guest to talk about a brand new exhibition. Uh, Welcome, Todd Reese. How are you? Hi, thank you for thank you for inviting me. Oh, you're very very welcome. I'm genuinely really excited to learn more about this exhibition. Um, it's called Off Stage On Stage. Tell us tell us about it. Sure, uh, it's, it's actually Off Center On Stage. Off Center um, On Stage. Sorry uh, about that. That's correct. Um, and well, it's focused on um, a number of photographs um, that have uh, were taken in the 1970s in, in Dubai. So I'm an architect, uh, and I'm also a writer, and uh, I worked for about 12 years on an urban history of the city of Dubai. And uh, when you're an architect and you're working on an urban history from the angle of architecture, you need old photographs uh, to kind of describe the city that's really no longer there. Um, And so these were photographs that I found along the way, uh, taken also by architects, which I thought was relevant to the project. Um, yeah, and then, you know, a few years ago, I, I talked to Antonio Carver and Ernst Katan at Art Jimio, and I thought, I'd like to show other people these photographs. I mean, they helped me, you know, write kind of what Dubai looked like in the 1970s. Yeah, was, certainly very different to them. today. <laughs> yeah, certainly. And and so, yeah, I, I was curious if they thought that these were kinds of photographs, you know, that, that they thought could could make up an exhibition. Um, and both of them being long residents uh, of the city. Um, and so, yeah, so we decided that we wanted to make an exhibition of them. Um, I think it's, I can, it sounds fantastic because, I mean, I'm fascinated by the architecture of the UAE anyway. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've only been here 13 years and seen the architecture change so, so much. So to see everything from kind of the 70s would be fascinating. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think I only have a couple more years of experience of seeing Dubai than that. And I, I totally agree with you. I mean, you, you kind of need to keep watching, you know, or mm. to, to, to see so many changes. Um, and yeah, it, you know, it's funny looking at pictures from the 1970s. It can, you know, at once they can seem so far away in time, uh, but they can also you, you recognize things. You know, there mm-hmm. there are buildings that pop up, uh, like along Dubai Creek, or especially the World Trade Center. 
which is a, a big piece of the Of course, it's so iconic, isn't it? We always see that yeah. picture, don't we, of like the Shakeside Road with just the World Trade Centre standing on it. And now... Todd, Todd can correct. I ask you, what really stands out for you right now when it comes as an architect in Dubai? What stands out? I know it's forever changing the landscape, but is there anything right now that you think, wow? I mean, the, the Museum of the Future. Yeah. You know, I, the way I think I'd respond to that, uh, Katie, is, you know, like you, I was seeing Dubai in, in like 2006 to 2008, where there was just really so much going on. Yeah. And I, I would say now what's really curious is to see kind of the, the, the projects that were so ambitious, like be lived in, you know, and be used. Uh, you know, I mean, so often, if you recall, like we saw models of Business Bay. Uh, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> it's actually a place where you can meet people for coffee. Or, well, what's weird uh, for me is when I, when I moved here in 2008, I was in real estate. Um, oh wow! And I, because I was in real estate in the UK for ten years, and I thought, I know, I'm going to bring my professionalism, my integrity, and to Dubai, and I realised I didn't really need. <laughs> and then, but went into real estate. But seeing some of the buildings, the big one that stuck, stood out for me was the Onyx building in the Greens. Mm. I just remember it being this huge black building, you know, all shimmering glass. And now I just drive past it all the time. That's right next to my house. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. True. Yeah. It gathers a little bit of dust that needs to be, you know, swept off every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. And we all have, you know, been so accustomed to, you know, seeing renderings and artistic representations of what these buildings will look like. And now they're and actually here. Yeah. yeah oh, I find it fascinating. So who took yeah. these Who took these original photos? I know you said other architects, but That's true. just li- literally them as they were building these in the skylines or... Well, I mean, okay, so I, a book I published last uh, fall called Showpiece City uh, is, is, it follows the career of an architect named John Harris. And he was a very key architect uh, from London uh, who drew the city's first master plan. Wow. And then one of his late last personal projects for the office was the World Trade Center. Okay. Um, and so two of the... So the two architects, one was actually the head architect for the tower in the in the trade center. So he was visiting Dubai, living in Dara, commuting to the site and back, uh, taking pictures in between. And the other architect actually is the son of John Harris, Mark Harris, uh, who was in architecture school at the time, uh, living. At, so he would come visit Dubai and and stay in, in uh, houses that were constructed you know, on the construction site. I of see, the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so these were two architects, interestingly enough, who, you know, they're, they're photographing and documenting a city at, the, uh, at, at that certain time, but they were also, you know, literally employed to, to create the future. Yeah. Uh, so there's this kind of tension between, you know, really kind of observing and, and capturing with their photographs, uh, you know, situations that were perhaps going to be quickly disappearing uh, and, and transforming. Um, yeah, for all the sure. while, they're also part of that transformation. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is fascinating, the architecture in Dubai. And actually, um, you know, we sometimes it's one of those things where you just sort of drive past it and not necessarily think about it, not necessarily think about how much it has changed, even in the short time, I guess, that I've I've been in the country and you said you've been in the country as well. So why... 
you know, what... I don't really know how to word this question, which is not great for a radio presenter, I'm aware. But what, um, where did your fascination with Dubai start? Like, was it when you moved here and started to you know, just look around? Uh, first, I, I don't live here. Um, yeah. I, I, I've only been visiting here since like 2005. So I've been a regular kind of for my work, actually. And that's actually how it began. I'm an architect. I was working for an international office in, in Rotterdam in, in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. And, and we were starting to get work in, in Dubai and, and Kuwait. Uh, and, and so I was the lucky one in the office that was sent to Dubai, not to, you know, pitch to clients, but to kind of look around and, and understand what was going on. Because, I mean, there, there wasn't a lot you could find in 2005, 2006 on the city. No. And so it was my job to kind of, yeah, try to figure out kind of the, the urban history and to understand how it grew and, and why it was growing, really. I love it. I, I love. I, I'm. I love the fascination. I love the fact that you don't even live here, you know, but you've been coming so often, and because it's, you know, it is your trade and in your industry. So tell us where we can actually see the exhibition. Um, how much it costs us to get in? Everything about it, Todd. Well, Jamil Art Center, as I understand it, is always free, which is what's so terrific about the place. Amazing. Um, so it's in Jadoff, it's on the creek, which is really essential to the exhibition. So, I mean, for me, getting there was, you know, opening the doors the first time. And you have this expansive view before you of Dubai Creek. And I think that's a real rarity. And so we've put the exhibition in the, in the actual lobby of uh, Jamil Art Center um, so that it interacts with this view of the creek. Uh, and it won't. It, we're we're working on it now. The team is actually inside the lobby, uh, playing with with forms and playing with lights. Um, but it it will open on September 29th. Okay, perfect. So and how long is it going to be there for? It'll be up until February 19th. Amazing! So plenty of time, of time to head down. And to we're going to be doing Center. lots of events. Uh, we'll be launching a, a book uh, with the exhibition of the photographs. Amazing. So, uh, yeah, we really want people to kind of almost as if they're walking through the city to be able to, as if they're walking through 1975 Dubai. You wow, know? that's going to be absolutely fascinating. Yeah. And Todd, will you be joining us in the UAE to, to launch any of this or be part of it? Oh, oh, absolutely. Perfect. As much as possible, I will be here. Yeah, oh, yeah, certainly. I love it. I'm really, really excited about it, genuinely. So September the 29th onwards, make sure you head down to the Jamil Art Centre to see Todd Reese's exhibition. Todd, thank you very much. And we'll, we'll see you in September, my friend. Yeah, and thank you, Katie. This was fun. You're very, very welcome indeed. Right, make sure you head down there. Go and check it out because it sounds amazing. Going to see all of that architecture. I can't I can't even envisage it, can you? Because I've only ever seen... I've seen a few pictures. Yeah. I want to see more, especially now I've heard from Todd. This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye, 103.8. I'm Katie and Poonan's in the studio as well. I just have to give a very quick shout out to ARN News Centre reporter Nadia Swan. She's texting, love her heart, saying my reason to be cheerful is I'm heading back to my duvet (laughs) because Nadia Swan is up at two o'clock in the morning and she's in the office by four doing the news. But you know what? She's so chirpy, bless her. I didn't know she gets up at two, but she says she's going to put her electric blanket on. Does she know she's in Dubai? Yeah, but I love an electric blanket. But she loves the heat. She told me she hates the cold. Oh, okay. Well, 
there you go then. Well, we love you, Nadia Swan. As we move on, we are, we're staying very arty and cultured here on the show today. Very excited to be joined by Lisa, who is the Deputy Director of Tashkeel Arts Centre. How are you, Lisa? I'm great, Katie. How are you doing? I'm really good. Thanks very much. What do you th- are you are you a fan of an electric blanket in Dubai? <laughs> um, no, a bit much for me, really. Gotta say, I'm a fan of the AC. Yeah. Oh no, gosh. Do you know what? I I can't get a happy medium, and I know this isn't why we've brought you on the show today, Lisa. <laughs> But um, but I can't get a happy medium, I'm afraid. I'm either too hot or too cold. I'm not a fan of AC, but... I'm never a baby bear. Lisa, talk to us. <laughs> Tashkeel Art Centre. What is it all about? Well, we are located about 10 minutes from uh, Dubai, uh, downtown Dubai. And uh, we've got a fantastic exhibition on at the moment that's really celebrating the diversity of uh, art making right here in the UAE. Amazing. OK, tell us, tell us more about the actual exhibition. Is this made in Tashkeel? That's right. That's right. So we were we set. We were set up about 13 years ago, and uh, Made in Tashkeel is the 11th summer exhibition that we're running, and it features over 65 works by more than 40 artists from 20 countries. But the special thing is every single artist is living and working in the UAE. They're professionals, and we are really offering a snapshot of the breadth and depth of contemporary art making happening now uh, in this country. Wow, that sounds absolutely fascinating. So what what can we expect from the exhibition? What kind of arts and crafts, well, we, I should say? We, yeah, I mean, all kinds of disciplines are re- represented, including photography, acrylic, screen print, sculpture, uh, video installation, as well as your calligraphy and your fine art. So there's something there for everyone. Um, and it's really exploring all different subject matter as well. But what's really coming to the fore in this year's exhibition is how artists are looking to nature, are looking to uh, sustainability, uh, environmental consciousness, and really exploring the difference between the digital world and all that that can offer, and also the physical world as well. Amazing. Sounds fascinating. Is this, forgive my naivety, is this the first year you've had an exhibition like this in, in the history of Tashkeel? No, this is our 11th edition. Oh, I see, right. Yeah, we run it every year, but because last year, you know, we had a little thing called COVID. uh, Lisa, don't talk about that. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) We couldn't have the exhibition last year, so this time we're doubling up, and that's why we're doing this mega Made in Tashkeel for 2021. Wow, that's fantastic. And how did... His, his, again, I'm trying to vocalise my... Oh, I'm all right. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> How do you get the pieces in? You know, do you have artists that you always work with? Do they approach you? So, for example, if someone is listening right now and would like to showcase their work, is that something that can be done for next year? Absolutely. So we basically are a membership organisation. We're not your common gun sort of gallery uh, that you see around Dubai. We are a membership organisation. So if you're a professional artist or designer, you can come and join us and get support from our team and use all the fantastic equipment and facilities that we have. But on top of that, um, we also run year-round training programmes as well. You can come and try your hand at lino cutting or screen printing. And printing. And um, we also hold two open call exhibitions every year. That means that anyone in the UAE making art can submit their work for to be considered. 
Um, and uh, that's basically what's happened with Made in Tashkil. Of course, we have some of our members represented in the exhibition. A lot of the work has actually been made in Tashkil using our printers and our screen print facilities. But also uh, artists from all across the country have been submitting their work as well. And that is featured in the exhibition. That's absolutely fantastic. Now, if I were... Being a huge art collector myself, that's a lie, Lisa. Are you that cultured? No, I'm not cultured, thank you very much. Although I do like, in fairness, I do like to support a lot of the the local arts in and around the UAE. But if I were to come down um, to the exhibition, are, are we able to buy any of the art? Absolutely. Uh, Prices start at just 50 dirhams, actually. Uh, But but yes, a lot of the work is available for sale. And that's a a special thing about Tashkir. It's about accessibility. It's about affordability as well. But it's about, you know, meeting and encountering the artists that are making now. Um, We're not about putting up barriers. If you walk into Tashkil, you can ask for a guided tour. Um, you can meet some of the artists that are featured in the exhibition. And we can take you around and show you um, how to explore some of these fantastic works. That is wonderful to hear, Lisa. So before we let you go, let us know when the exhibition is on until um, and how we can find out more information and obviously how much it costs to come inside. Fantastic. Well, it's absolutely free. Uh, just turn up any time between uh, 10 o'clock and 8 o'clock every day except Fridays. Uh, Made in Tashkil 2021 is running until the 7th of September. And if you come along to us on the morning of Saturday, the 4th of September, we've got three hourly guided exhibition tours. So I'll be taking you round together with some of the artists and we'll be exploring some of the work that's on display. Wonderful, Lisa. And the website is tashkeel.com. Is that right? Absolutely. Or you can follow us on any of the social media platforms. Oh, my goodness. I love it so much. Lisa, thank you so much for taking the time and we'll see you very soon. Wonderful. Thanks. Take care. Bye. I tell you what, Mm. I would want an art tour by Lisa. How amazing was Lisa? I feel like she's an, um, a drama teacher. There was so much expression in, and passion in her voice. And that was, Do you know what? And passion is exactly the right word. I love the fact that you can tell she lives and breathes this programme and exhibition. I love it. This is Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Good afternoon. It's Katie Overy in for Mark all of this week. It's, uh, oh, it's just gone, <laughs> ooh, it's just gone 12.30 on Wednesday, August You're the hungry. 18th. You're hungry. I don't know what's wrong with me. Do you think it's hunger? I think it is. You've only had a piece of cake today, a little piece. I did have a little piece of cake. I did have some pancakes. Oh, you did? Some little breakfast pancakes, Good. but then I went and left them in um, in the tech office with Milani. I wonder if, they've, if they're still there She's or not. She's eating them. She loves food. They've all gone. Look at her little innocent face. Right, right. Today, August the 18th, we're heading towards the end of the school holidays. And I'm not a parent. I am an auntie. And I know that most parents are probably tearing their hair out as to what to do with the children for the remaining few weeks. Do not worry. We've got Kareem from Kids Up on the phone. How are you? Hi, Katie. I'm great. How are you? Very good. Thank you very much. It's been a long time since we spoke. Have you been keeping well? Yes, great. We've had a great summer. Um, Travelled, uh, as I think everybody knows, to the Maldives, came back. Whatever, been, Kareem. You know... Don't keep rubbing that in. Stop. <laughs> That's not me, by the way. Just so you know, that was Poonam. I know that we sound similar, but please do not think I'm abusing you, Kareem. That's Poonam. 
And just to repeat that, that's Poonam. Um, right, Kareem, tell us, what are we doing uh, this week to keep those pesky kids off the streets of the UAE? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so we've got, um, there's been some amazing summer deals. And I think a lot of parents may have traveled or haven't had a chance to do them all. So what we've done is we've pulled out some of the best deals and offers that we have that won't be around after summer. So people should take advantage of them now. Mm-hmm. The first one is over at Wave House. They've been doing an amazing Monday. They call it Mondays at Wave House. 12 midday until 1 a.m. You basically go in, you get a 99 AED voucher, and each of these gives you five different either food items or beverages or arcade game credits. They have great food there, music, bowling, and you can even enjoy the surfing. So 99 dirhams for that is an amazing price. That's over at Atlantis Wave House. That's really good. So hold on, let me get this clear. So 99 dirhams gets you five credits. So with that credit, I can either go and get some food or play on one of the arcade games. Is that what you mean? Or beverages or exactly. Wow. That's a great deal. Okay, and I like yeah, Wave House. If you mass, you can probably maximize your value. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, that's a fantastic idea. And that's just every Monday. Every Monday over at Wave House. Okay, fab. Okay, what else have we got? So this one's a great one. I think everybody knows now about Air Maniacs and Street Maniacs. Air Maniacs is a massive inflatable park over in Okuz where you kind of have inflatable trampolining, a bunch of different obstacle courses, zip line, laser mazes. And then Street Maniacs is just next door. They've got parkour and trampolining style where about five or six different types of games. We normally have a 20% offer, but this summer we've been running even better one where you can get three hours for the price of two. So for oh. 120 dirhams, you can leave the kids there for three hours yeah, and then that's going to end at the end of summer, so they're going to have to grab it now. That's great. My nephews love street, uh, the Street Maniacs one. They because they're yeah, they're great. seven. Well, they're seven and ten, soon to be eight and eleven, and so and two boys. And if they're not beating each other up, they're doing parkour at Street, <laughs> street Maniacs. Yeah, they have. It's kind of a trampoline parkour. That's the nice thing about it. It's really, really good. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, so three hours for the price of two. Wonderful. So one of the best, okay, so now we'll head over to Jabal Ali for the new Festival Plaza Mall, although I think I always call it new because I don't get out much over there, but it's been around for a while. Yeah, no, it's still new. Time. I've been there many times. Still, yeah. still new, though. <laughs> All right. Fine. Yeah, the newest mall that we have. <laughs> 10 a.m. until midnight. Uh, they're doing free activities for kids all summer. They have wall art, giant crayons ceramic work, painting, cupcake workshops, and they've teamed up with all of their businesses there to provide something for kids. So, for example, there are science workshops. I think Ace is doing some gardening workshops, Lego workshops uh, over there as well. And there's a lot of stuff you can do, music. They have a summer camp that's going on for the rest of the summer until 4th of September. So, guys, grab it while you can. This is one of the nicer activities happening this summer in the malls. I like things like that because, especially if you do have kids of quite varied ages, there's always something for for someone. Yeah, and there you go. I have a reason to go visit with my kids now, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and maybe not call it new anymore. I'll stop calling it new. <laughs> I've got down here that you said something about a floating restaurant. Tell me more about that. Okay, so we have a really nice summer deal at El Ferris Floating Restaurants, which is a, a new Dubai water canal cruise, very luxurious, and they do dinner. What we've done, so the deal that I really like, we have a few deals with them, and which we took and we went over to La Perle, is we have for 569 dirhams, you get both an adult and a child to do the water canal cruise with a luxury dinner, and then you head over to La Perle, and you get the silver package at La Perle. 
which is amazing. That is uh, really so nice. good. Yeah. So, yeah, it's almost just the price of La Perle on its own that you get also the dinner and the luxury cruise. So normally you'd be paying over a thousand. It's five sixty nine. And also we've got another deal with them this summer where you can just take the Abra on the canal for 90 dirhams or uh, 270 dirhams for the canal cruise. That's for both an adult and a child. And, and it's a great deal as well. That is really, really good, especially for dinner and the show. Wonderful. Okay. Have you, surely you can't have any more deals for us this week, Kareem. I have two more. One of them, no which way. is like incredible. Okay. And one of them, which is a lot of fun. So the really fun one is over at Aqua Park Leisure. That's a new water obstacle course that they've actually put on the beach, on Kite Beach. The nice thing about it is you don't have to swim out over there. So the younger kids can also do it while the parents are right next to it. And honestly, if you watch the video, I mean, if you want to see the video, just head over, download our app, Kids App, K-I-D-Z-A-P-P. Download it, watch the video. It's going to make you want to go. It's a lot of fun. There's, you know, frog jumps, long jumps, monkey bars, a whole bunch of floating activities. And you can actually stand on the beach watching it without having to worry about going all the way out to those kind of where they normally are. So it's a really nice one. Okay, that sounds really good. Whereabouts is it, sorry, you just said? So this is over on Kite Beach right. uh, next to Salt. It's mm-hmm. open until 7. They normally charge 60 per hour. We're, we're offering 50 per hour. And the summer deal, which ends at the end of summer, you get an extra hour if you go between 10 and 3 p.m. 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Okay, we like that. One more then, you said. One more. One more. And this one's worth the PCR to head over to Abu Dhabi. Everyone knows Emirates Palace, one of the most luxurious hotels in the country. There's a vacation there, which you can imagine must be super expensive. But what the deal that we have in association with Supper Club is we have pool, beach, and F&B for 220 dirhams. No so actually, way. Yeah, it's incredible, right? You pay 220 dirhams, you have access to the beach, their pool, and all of that 220 dirhams can be spent on food and beverage. So it's almost like you're just going for, there for lunch and you have everything. And for kids, it's only 75 dirhams. No way. That's really, really good. And I think you're right. That is definitely worth a PCR test going down to, to Abu Dhabi <laughs> yeah. for sure. And of course, if you've got some spare change lying around, you can go and get some gold out of the vending machine. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not sure I'll be doing that, but yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time I went to Emirates Palace in about 2008, 2009, and I saw it. I was like, oh my goodness, this is something that that is like legend of uae isn't it i hear they have vending machines with gold and i'm like yeah yeah they do yeah brilliant we'll we'll see if we can get you an offer on that for next time amazing yeah you may be and coming up on kids app gold uh, i was gonna call you kids app kareem thank you very (laughs) very much for taking the time um we're gonna speak to you next week is that right so we're still clinging on to activities for the kids for the holidays yeah, see you next week. And next week we'll be probably touching on back-to-school prep and activities. Oh, fantastic. All right, my love, thank you so much. Don't forget to download Kids App. That's K-I-D-Z-A-P-P on your phone for all of those deals. This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye, 103.8. Good afternoon. I'm Katie Overy in for Mark Lloyd, joined in the studio by Poonam, as always. Still looking for your pet peeves coming in on 4001 about the gym. And I know there are plenty. And we have today's guest on the line. I'm very excited because we love supporting local talent and local music here. And we're joined now on Microsoft Teams by Pavan. How are you, sir? Good, thank you. How are you guys doing? Good to see you. Yeah, we're really good. Thanks very much. What do you have? A, do you have a pet peeve in the gym, Pavan? Oh, 
just being sweated on by other people. <laughs> I guess that's a pet peeve in life, really, isn't it? Yeah. Hang on, I mean, being sweated on by other people, Pavan. How does that yeah. work in the gym? Are you... Well, because there's, there's a lot of taller people than me, do you know what I'm saying? So I might be on the floor doing some sit-ups. Some big man or big woman might walk by and just drip on man, you know. So it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, just, just general general wet patches around the place. Yeah, I'm not into them. Yeah, that's not fun whatsoever. Um, right, so here we are. i tell you what, best thing to do, because I know that Panam knows you um, from from years gone by. No, no, we don't, actually. Oh, you don't know each we, other. We, we no, know... it's the first time we met each other. This... What? Yeah, we've spoken, but we found out that we actually know some of the same people. So we were making music at the same time in England, know a lot of the same people in the music industry, but never crossed paths because... And I was chatting. What I was interested in with you, Pavan, is that, like me, you know, it was in the 90s, 2000, whatever. We were both Indian, grew up in in England with that music scene. I personally couldn't get a category to fit in because we didn't have the internet. It was all record companies. Where do you fit? (laughs) So I said to Pavan, we're kind of like misfits because did that kind of happen to you too? Yeah, I think in a, in a way, but I kind of never really went the record label route because I knew that our music was very like underground. And I think um, in some ways we're lucky that there was a scene. So it was very specific in those days. It was like there's the jungle scene, there's the UK hip hop scene, there's the garage scene. So kind of kind of being coming through as a part of those things was a bit more open and accepting because it was a very independent and it was much more of an independent vibe rather than thinking, how are we going to package these people to fit and sell them to our audience, you know? So it was kind of, I felt like I had a lot more creative freedom within that space. And I think it was much more about the art form. I think being an underground artist, I never considered even trying to go for major labels. So I kind of didn't really have that issue. I mean, if, you, if you're going to go back to then as an, as an Indian person, you do face those kind of issues coming, coming into yeah. the music scene. I guess you still might now. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very different now. It's, it's, it, it is interesting back then, isn't it? Because we're, we're talking about, what, the early 90s, I would have thought? Um, no, nah, late 90s. L- late 90s. Oh, late, late, yeah. 90s yeah. late 90s. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, but in terms of then is, yeah, talking about the major labels, they wanted everyone to look and sound pretty much exactly the same, didn't they? And if you just didn't fit that cookie cutter, then... Yeah. And it's so, it's so strange because if you look at the early 90s, like what was pop music back then? Like you, you, you'd have like Nirvana and Snoop Dogg, mm-hmm. and you know even later, later than that, like Corn. And I think like pop music was so individual, and all the artists were so different. They didn't need to be a cop and copy of another artist. I think it was in, I was it was towards the late nineties when I feel like pop music really started to get homogenized in the sound, in the look, and what they were expected to package. And I think it's interesting in the UK because. Pop music always dips into the underground and feeds from the underground talent pool. So they would find an interesting movement that's blowing up and then they would find similar acts and get behind those and start pushing them until the next thing comes along, which I think is a bit of a conveyor belt way of treating music and art, which is not so cool. But, but- you, you know what's funny, you, both, uh, Katie and Pavan, is when I was making, you'll love this, Katie, when I was making music, um, I, had an, I had to do a, you know, a, a a little session in front of an A&R manager to see if you wanted to sign me. And he said to me, can you do or sound like the Spice Girls? I went, no. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. And so what about where your love of music came in? I know that's a, a question you've probably been asked a million times, you know, who are your inspirations and whatnot. But, you know, where, where did you grow up first and foremost? So where did this okay. love of music happen? 
So I was born in Dubai, Russian Hospital, 1980. So I grew up over here. And my mom, basically, she grew up in San Francisco in the 70s. So she kind of was exposed to a lot of like, she fell in love with hard rock music, you know, wow. as most people would at the time, cool. like hard rock and heavy metal and all the amazing rock music that was going on. So growing up, we, she always used to play that really loud. And I think what really kind of, as kids, was what got us excited. It was like we'd get into the car with our mom and she'd drive really fast and turn the music up really loud. So we'd all just be like... I used to do that to the prodigy. And then, you know, I think from, from a very early age, she kind of educated us that music, we had an active involvement in music as opposed to being something passive that's happening in the background so you know she showed us all the early michael jackson all the early prince all the early motley crew night ranger everything that was going on and you know with the advent of mtv we were very much and i think my mom's best friend lived in in california and she worked for cbs and epic and every few months she used to send us like a promo box of all the new music that's coming out so you know, I think it was like 88, 89, we heard the first Public Enemy, we heard all the Alice in Chains stuff that come mm. out. And and I think the fact that as, it, as, we, as, as we grew older later in life, because things weren't so available here, you know, we really got that urge to dig. So anytime we travel, you know, other kids would be at the arcade, we'd be at Tower Records just sifting through all the CDs and records and mm-hmm. tapes and everything, you know? Yeah. So I think that, that's my early inspiration. But then it's interesting because uh, that, although that's an early inspiration, that hasn't transpired from what I've heard of this latest track of yours and like some of your other music. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So this is like I'm talking. This is um. This is like thirty years. This is like thirty years ago. So, yeah. you know. So in the beginning, I remember the first time I heard. I first, the first time I heard Ice Cube. The first time I heard N.W.A. Two Live Crew. Back in the day, in 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 the Emirates, they used to have these things called Thompson Originals because there was no copyright laws here. So. And you couldn't get everything that was distributed. So what they used to do is there was a company that used to pirate everything that was in the top 100, the Billboard top 100, and they used to print print, like print them over here and distribute them as these things called Thompson Original cassettes, okay, right? Yeah. And the censorship laws back then were very strong, so you couldn't get any external music. But because things were just copied en masse on the Billboard top 100, certain things would get through, like you know, Pantera would make it through or NWA, which are – a very controversial act, and it would slip through the net, and then we just go to all the music stores and find these. I can't gems. imagine anyone in in New where you listen to Pantera. <laughs> Come on now, yo! There's a massive metal scene. Here. There, there is, there is. But, so, yeah, back then, yeah. Yeah, so from from those days, we really, you know, as we got older, we really got into the heavy metal side, into the death metal side, and then also very much the hip hop, and then later on the electronic music. So by the time '94, '95 come around. We were all deep listening to Jungle, buying records, mixing, and then we started throwing parties over here. We used to have, there was a little death metal circuit, and then we actually started a rap group here in about 96, and that was the first rap group that I was, I was in for a few years. Mm. And uh, it was about 97 that, it was about I think it was about 96 that Jungle scene took it, you know, really blew up on a different level, and the music had progressed in the UK. And then we started hearing all these tape packs from the raves, like the One Nation, the Roast, Mm-mm-mm. you know, all the Sidewinder things. And then, so hearing things in that context and the fact that all of us were all kind of DJing already, we decided to start throwing parties in Dubai. There was a few little rave circuits happening here. So we would rent out sports halls, set up the deck, set up a sound system, go to all of these other parties, fly them, get people to come to our, our rave, like our little mini rave that we were doing. And yeah, and that was kind of, that was night six, night seven. 98 when I was at uni here at AUD when it first opened up and at that point I was like right I need to go to London because 
this this UK rap music that's coming out is starting to blow my mind and I just need to be a part of this whole jungle thing that's going on. That's amazing. And I've got a bit of your brand new single here. It's called Maximize. And I I love the fact online yeah. it says Maximize clean version. So, yeah, um, a clean version for the radio. Let's take a quick listen. This is Maximize by Pavan. Talking, can we maximize? Got these pieces, got these dreams, we can actualize. Set the place, set the tag, can we strategize? See these chatty dunks, leave them pacified. If it's paper that we're talking, can we maximize? Got these pieces, got these dreams, we can actualize. Set the place, set the tag, can we strategize? I'm going to fade it out very quietly in case anyone's just tuned into Dubai Eye and wonders what on earth has just happened. <laughs> Is it a pirate station? Um, but you know what? I've got, I mean, I'm sure you you will be um, either honoured or about this, but some real dizzy rascal vibes coming through there. That's amazing. I mean, yeah, it's just rapping in a UK accent. Yeah, right? but so... it's brilliant because because Dizzy was the first one for me that, mm. that, that was so different. Of course, you've then got, I mean... I, I don't even know the names of most of them. I was I was um, very lucky to meet Stormzy and, and see him perform here in the UAE a few years ago. But then there's yeah. so many others coming up yeah. now with that, you know, intercity, like London accent. And it, it kind of actually yeah. makes, you know, me as a Londoner a bit proud to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really like that track. Where can people find it? Um, right now it's on Spotify. If you search my name, it's PAV4N, Spotify, Apple Music, all the digital DSPs, Agami, etc. Um, you can follow me up on Instagram, it's PAV4NCO. And uh, we've got a record label called Foreign Currency, that's 4N Currency. So the video is about to drop in a couple of days. So if you check the YouTube channel, you can see the video as well. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, if you didn't catch the, the Instagram, if you go onto the Dubai Eye Instagram, we've tagged Pavan in there and we can, um, and we can make sure we follow you. Pavan, thanks so much for taking the time. And hopefully when all of me. this, uh, when all of this COVID nonsense is over, we'll have you in the studio and you can perform a clean version for us live. Yeah. Sounds good. I'll try. <laughs> Cheers, Pavan. All the best. Take care. See, listen, my London just came out. Cheers, Pavan. What's wrong with me? Pavan. Pavan. Is that not right? It's not Poonam, it's Pavan. No. You forgot to tell him that you've been calling me po- him oh, Poonam. Oh, yeah, I did. Sorry about that, Pavan. I've, I've been saying, oh, I'm coming up on today's show is Poonam. And she's like, I'm here every day. Uh, right, don't forget to check it out. It's Pavan and his new single is called Maximize.